live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Uh, his poise, I think, is uh, you know the time that he's had in the National Football League has helped him. And I can remember him in college at NC State. You know, I think didn't have a great offensive line, but he's always had a great feel for sitting in the pocket, wait till the last second to deliver the ball. Uh, and he will take some hits because of that and possibly throw some air balls because of that. But uh, he's got a great feel for the pocket, good understanding of the game, concepts, defenses, protections. Uh, I think the receivers and everybody like his uh, urgency in the huddle, communication. All that stuff plays a major role pre-snap. Uh, I think Mike is probably our best option right now. Uh, post-snap, I think all three of them do some great things. And obviously Mike showed some flash of being uh, really productive for us and, and the best option this week. Luke Wilson, you stink. <laughs> he just dropped the ball. <laughs> he had it in his hands in the end zone. He dropped it. Yep. John Harbaugh, you stink. Now, now RG3 is going to the locker room. He's going to take a little weight off the hamstring. It's going to it's gonna tighten up. And I'll send it to Trace McSorley's show. Bigger comes. than that, I picked him in my lead. I could have had 14-12 lead. That was yeah. disgusting. You hate to see it. At the 20-something yard Fitzpatrick. line with two minutes to go, they burn timeouts, and yeah. they run out of time. Yep. They can't even run a field goal nope. or a fourth down play. No, sir. John not today. Harbaugh, what are you doing? Not, not today. Did you just sing his praise and say he's going to coach his butt off in this game? <laughs> so, Kuz, did our computer oh. die? Yeah, I wish I could do that. The computer's just like, I ran into a problem. I'm going to shut down now. So, really? like, we're not, so are we we're not, not on the streaming video feeds? No, I, I got to wait for it to restart. We're not, well, oh, it kind of looks like we are. Hasn't shut us off yet. I, uh, yeah, maybe it has. I think yeah. it has. We'll go and talk about your little golf stuff then. Since just restarted. Listening. Tell us when it's restarted. Ah, if you listen in your car on the stream, yep. welcome. Not that you ever went anywhere. <laughs> but we'll welcome everybody back on the video platforms when that happens. Yeah. Nice job, computer. Just crashed. That doesn't happen to us a lot. No. We've been pretty fortunate. Because what, what are you doing? Browsing too? You watching too much football back there or something where the it couldn't handle the... I was like, I, you guys should have saw. I was just staying there. All of a sudden, the blue screen comes up. I know. You were like, we're oh, done. my gosh. I, I thought I was actually hoping you were going to say they're back on the field because you're a minute <laughs> ahead of us and they put time back on the clock. Hey, you know what probably is? Way too many viewerships. It's you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's the viewership. We we can't hold that bandwidth. Okay, that's what happens. Yep. Over two million views, and then it wasn't even a Kyler Murray bump today. All right. Uh, let's go. I got a couple things on my mind. Okay. Uh, first. Um. First thing on my mind is it was cold today, like yeah. frost today. I like this, yeah. by the way. I'm, I'm not going. I love this. Is one of my oh, favorite hey. parts of Jacksonville. I'm wearing a hockey jersey right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. This is one of my favorite parts of living in Jacksonville. Is the fact that you can get down in like the 30s, mm-hmm. and that fire pit comes in handy. Mm-hmm. Let that son of a gun up Monday for for, for two days. It's cool. And, uh, but you get you throw a sweatshirt on. You know, you, you maybe take the light coat out if you want. Sweater weather, man. That's yeah, fine. Like mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And then, by the way, we can go play golf on Friday afternoon in 70-degree weather if yeah. you want. You and, that's, and that's when you get sick. That's when the immune system says, hey, I'm all good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a break from here. But Just I, like that computer. Like, that's what I love about Jacksonville. But the question is, it was frost this morning on your windshield. Relax. So if there was, how did you Relax. get it off? Okay. 
Because do people I'm, have? Brent, you know, what? I'm disappointed in you. Like Coos, I expected yeah. from Coos because he what? grew up in the South. You grew up in Rhode I Island. I grew up in Philly. Listen, I mean, I'm just telling you. I first of all, I wasn't up that yeah, early, did. and I wasn't well, out going in my car that early. Now well, Steph was. Well, there's a feather in your cap. But I listen. The reason I, it's not like I know what you use, but you don't need. Oh, Brent, we're not we're not up north right now. We're in Jacksonville, Florida. See, here's what happened. This morning, I took, like it was probably 7.30, had to take my son to school, and I look at the weather, right? Because I, I got to adjust for him, even though it doesn't... He, he could go out in Antarctica, and he could wear a t-shirt and shorts and be fine, because he's always playing. He's always running around. Big-time body heat from the Lane family. But with that <laughs> being said, I go on my cell phone, I check the app, and what does it say? It says, like, 35 degrees and flurries, and it had snow flurries, like, coming down. I'm like, get out of here, snow flurries. Because, listen, I'm not Mike Burrish. I'm not a meteorologist. But last time I checked, it's got to be below 32 degrees to snow. All right? It wasn't below 32 degrees this morning. So, hey, weather app, calm down. It wasn't flurries. Now, yes, there was some frost on the windshield. But let's not over-exaggerate things. You sit in your They're car. like 30 degrees. You sit in your car. You turn the, you know, the, the, the heat on. You turn the what do you call that thing? And now I'm gonna mess it up because I can't remember what he called it. Ice scraper? Not the scra- no. You don't need a scraper. Defrost. Thank you. Just turn on the defrost. Wait two minutes and you're good to go. We're not in the middle of Wisconsin right now where your whole shield's covered in frost. You can't see anything. We gotta like turn on the wipers and actually go outside and start your car for ten minutes so it'll warm up. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about here. You, know you guys are both soft. I saw that it was gonna be cold, so I woke up early on Monday, Tuesday. And went out to see where the sun comes through the trees. The first spot that we could park our cars, I parked my car there so the sun would hit it you're, and defrost it you're, earlier. You're, Dad, you're in Florida. You have way too much time on your hands. I mean, you really that? thought about that? Who plans oh, yeah. that? Well, because I knew I was going to need to defrost. I was like, well, I don't want to buy a There's, scraper. That is incredible. You're not getting a scraper. You're, you're not going to scrape windshields around me. Let me tell you that right now because we're in Florida. All right? So start acting like it. You want to go scrape some snow? You get, I, I got a nice spot in central Wisconsin you can go live in. And you can scrape some frost and some snow. Our buddy Joe Kepner from down at WFTV in Orlando says, Pro tip is a credit card works as a window scraper in a pinch. And that's hey, what I heard. I heard a couple God. of people used credit cards. We're Brent, Brent, I expected better from you, man. I'm just asking. I was sleeping. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, mean, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I got you. I was snuggled in bed. I'm just saying, today, go in your car, turn it on. And I'm sure if you grew up in Florida, you're wearing like five sweatshirts and a beanie and all that stuff. Fine. But just go in your car, turn the defrost on, hit the windshield wipers, and wait. You set it and forget it for like two minutes and go about your business. It wasn't like snowing and sleeting where, oh, my whole windshield's covered. I can't see anything. No. So stop over-exaggerating. Like, like, oh, I got to get a scraper because, heaven forbid, it takes two scrapes to get me out of the driveway. No. So just sit in your car, mind your P's and Q's, let the defrost do its thing, and go about your day. Or... Here wake up the day before, find out where the sun comes through, and make sure you park that's there. That's what serial or killers do. Use a credit card. Yeah, and I boot a leaf. That's, Ser- serial killers that's do what do serial that. killers do. Yeah, not the serial credit card killers, thing, but no. the parking their car where they, the sun might hit it. They sit in their apartments, and they're like, hey, you know what would be really smart of me to do right now? In about, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, 
18 hours or so. My car is going to be all frosty on the windshield. I should try to find the best spot where the sun sets so that I can try to angle it. When I get up in the morning, the sun's hitting the windshield just right. That's serial killer stuff, sir. <laughs> I'm up before the sun's up anyway, so why not hey, just benefit from it? This is, hey, this is a safe place right here. No one else is listening. You serial killer? How many people have you there's killed? A, there's a good amount of people listening. Nate you Carter. Serial 24 degrees in Callahan. Frozen solid. 24 degrees in Callahan today. Where's Callahan? Is that in Jacksonville? Yes. <laughs> I don't know where. God. All, I know Callahan is the, the, the they make brake pads in Tommy Boy. <laughs> or is yes, that? No, that's go. Black Sheep. No, that's Callahan. And, uh, I mean, that's Tommy, Tommy Boy. That's Tommy Boy. Yeah, that's Callahan. That is Callahan. Yeah. You're so right. So don't act like it's a city in Jacksonville. <laughs> it is only where Tim Tebow is actually from. No, that's that's <laughs> Tommy Boy. Enough said. I don't care uh, about Tim Tebow. John Peary says, park my car in the garage. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Oh, what a luxury. Good idea. What a luxury. One of my favorite stories of all times. Okay, we go to Kansas City with yeah. the Jacks. Yeah. And it was, at this point, we weren't traveling with the Jacks. So we go commercial. And David Hickox, who's now working up in Atlanta, he was a photographer of ours, and he's on the trip with me. And so we go, and we take a commercial flight. And when we did that, we would rent a car for the weekend. And so we go rent a car, but it's freezing. Uh, kind of what December time. And, and, and Kansas City can get chilly and snow and all that stuff. Yeah. And so we go in the car. And there's an ice scraper in the passenger seat. And Hickox, who's from Florida, is like, what is this? He had never seen an ice scraper. I'm like, did that really just happen? Yeah. Like, guy from Rhode Island who's yeah. lived in Ohio and Albany, New York, and other places. Did they have the brush on it, too, oh, or yeah. not? Oh, yeah. The it was a thing. full the ice works. scraper. Yeah, the works, yeah. yeah. And he's was... like, what is this? I'm like, are you serious? That's what I'm saying. And he's like, no. Like, what is this? Like, what does this do? Uh, you're kidding, right? And, and I just never put two and two together. Like, And somebody actually said it this morning. I was at the gym. Yeah. And somebody's like, yeah, my kids have no idea what an ice scraper is. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, maybe my kids have no idea what an ice scraper is. Because <laughs> you're in like, Florida. <laughs> you're soft. <laughs> well, soft. that's like um, when we first moved down here, uh, I had a few friends from Jersey. I had to teach them how to pump their own gas because they had never done that. that that's What? Well, that's true. Well, I don't. Wait, I don't know about never. That's pretty bad, number one. But, then, but yeah. up north, a lot you have the um, the tendons? full service. Yeah, you tip them. Uh, sometimes. sometimes you do. I, oh, get I out of here! Honestly, I I I know my mom used to use like the full service gas station a but lot because it was right around the corner. I never. I always felt kind of weird doing it. I don't it. think it's like an option though. Like at, uh, at least some places not, but I think less than it doesn't happen as much up north. Yeah, so you got to kind of find a gas no, station. No, I mean now. we used to have one like as a kid we had that, but like now like so you're saying you just pull into a gas station and they pump the gas for you. Yeah, I mean that was huh. it was a very prevalent thing when I was a kid. I it's there's. As I got older, it was less and less of that, but yeah. they still exist. Are these gay right communities? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. So. no. I think no, it was just every not. like it was just gas stations. That's what they did in Jersey. Huh. So man, you guys are that. That's weird. Uh, yeah, a little weird. You guys weird. Uh, since we're on uh, strange topics, I got a question for you because I'm looking into it. Miss Pac-Man or Pac-Man? <laughs> what? What about what? it? <laughs> I want to buy a Pac-Man machine. Okay, or a Miss Pac-Man machine. Or a Miss Pac-Man. It's 2020, so it's same both. Yeah. So which one, which one should do I you get? get? Oh man. Um. Well, I think Miss Pac-Man's a newer one, right? So you got a lot more levels, got a lot more fruits. So I'm probably. I don't going think there's a lot more fruits. I looked it up last night. I spent till like 1:30 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> no. Hey, what kind of life do you live <laughs> where you can look up Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man till 1:30 in the morning and then sleep in and not have to defrost your windshield? How is you're how living is, a life? How is that 
less weird than me finding where the sun comes yeah. through. Yeah. Just, no, 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 no. no. I honestly looked it up for like a half hour. Just in perspective, because I've looked at dumb stuff at night too. I've never rearrange my entire day to go move my car so the sun hits just right in the windshield, Coos. So don't try to make it sound like you're not a serial killer when you clearly are. Brent, to answer your question, Miss Pac-Man or Pac-Man? I go with the newer one, right? And that's Miss Pac-Man. I, I think. think so, too. That's why I lean. Yeah. You know, they're pretty affordable. I mean, it's still, I don't know if Wait, I'm going to so do you, it. You're getting like the giant arcade But it's thing. not like, it, what they do now is they put them on like these, they're, they're kind of like, uh, I would say the poor man's version of the actual arcade. Like, if you really want the arcade, it's going to cost you a few thousand dollars. Crazy how much those things but cost. But you can get some, like, you can get it like, Costco for a few hundred bucks. Yeah, they Like, the one, system, and you put on a riser. They got one right here for 400 bucks at Walmart. Bucks. That's what yeah. I've seen it for. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And so I'm debating. That's, yeah. I loved playing Pac-Man, right? Yeah, yeah. Pac-Man, Pac-Man, but I was trying, and I was pretty darn good at it. Sure. Just to let you know. Flex. So, I, I kind of want it. See if Santa will bring I it. I say, oh, man. See, I'm looking at both machines right now. And I'm not sure like what your interior is talking about. I'm not sure like I'm not sure what color your walls are. But I just think from the graphics, from the colors, from the sound, I go Miss Pac-Man. It's just newer. You know, I mean, unless you want to relive that nostalgia and go with the old school one, I can see that point too. Yeah, I'm gonna go Miss Pac-Man. You go Miss Pac-Man? Yeah, cool. Um, that's the way I'm doing. It. I got so, you. Uh, Glad to help should, out though. Hey, what should I do for second half prize picks ent- entries? Second half prize picks entries. Uh, Robert Griffin the third's five point nine points. Well, he could be running with that hamstring. Yeah, I don't, so I don't you got to rely him. on his arms. Maybe go under. Uh, how about Gus Edwards three point nine points mm. over? Okay. okay, like it. Ah, the Gus bus. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Griffin can't run, so you got to hand the ball off to play that Ravens style offense. I like Gus Edwards. Chris Boswell the kicker needs a field goal and an extra. Man, eh, he probably needs two field goals actually. Four and a half points. No, he he needs a, a four and a half. Yeah, so he needs two field goals. Well, unless or he kicks it from like forty five yards, yeah, yeah. Because you get more points from like forty to fifty yards. That you do. Prizepicks.com, the Prizepicks app. Way to go here. You might as well just go Marquise Brown under because the guy's been disappointing all year. And once again, I go with him and I shoot myself in the foot because he's got one point five points out of the half. I need seven point eight, sir. The receivers are really tough though because it takes it's one catch for forty yards and you're done. On that. I know. You know, if they break one catch, I know. that's it. Yeah. So it's hard to go under on receivers, man. Well, especially when it's PPR, so it's points per reception. So Marquise Brown all of a sudden has five catches. I mean, he's got to have 7.8. So all right. I get it, but well, it's hey, RG3. You can sign up right now. You can play along. PrizePicks.com, the PrizePicks app. Put in the promo code JAX, J-A-X. Make sure you do that because you get some bonus dollars yes, if you sir. do that on your entries. And we're going to start a tournament next week for the final four weeks of the season, mm-hmm. and you can automatically be involved in that if you put the promo code JAX, J-A-X, in there. So, um that is the story, and that's the latest. It's halftime, or is it now third quarter? No, we're back. It's third quarter now. It just started. Okay. I'm, I'm um, sure Pentatonix is warming up their vocal cords for <laughs> yeah, tonight, too, for as the well. Christmas tree lighting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched Tiger Woods' special, America's Son, I think, America's Favorite Son, hmm. on ESPN. They ran it uh, Sunday night. Okay. And it was about... Basically, the impact Tiger has had, or or in some respects hasn't had, on the African-American community. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, So, you get, that's the idea of the story. It's an hour documentary. It doesn't really involve Tiger as much as, it's old clips of Tiger, but it's other people involved in golf. uh, Black men who play golf. Yeah. uh, Black girls who play golf now because Mm -hmm. of Tiger. Yeah. What 
just the, that's the gist of it. Sure. Um, it's, it was really cool to see. It was, it was an interesting um, documentary that ESPN did. And I think there's actually another one coming out in January that somebody else is doing okay. on Tiger Woods, like more on his life. So all these things are popping up on Tiger. Yeah. But it was very, like, appropriate for 2020 given – you know, the times in the summer that well, we just you, it, went through. It, it, it was huge. Like, I remember being a kid growing up with Tiger Woods. And I remember just how much of a pop culture phenom he was, especially, you know, in black communities. And, like, did they address it all, like, in, in terms of hip-hop? Like, cause I remember, I distinctly remember at the time it was Puff Daddy he referred himself to, but it was Puff Daddy and it was Mace. And one of their songs, like, it was like a, like a Tiger Woods, like, mockumentary, like, where Puff Daddy was, like, Tiger Woods supposed to be. And, like, that that was a big deal, you know? I mean, because, like, golf wasn't really cool, right? And then Tiger Woods came along, and all of a sudden it's, like, hip-hop artists are talking about him. Like, everybody was talking about Tiger Woods. And all of a sudden, like, golf became the cool thing. So I'm not sure if they addressed that at all in the documentary they, or not. They didn't do as much as the social part of it. What they yeah. did is basically, you know, from the Fuzzy Zeller comments at Augusta to Tiger's comments, which I wasn't as well aware of on Oprah, about not really embracing being an African-American as much as he was Asian-American, African-American, and his um, uh, representing the culture of his mom and dad. But the black community was turned off by that, at least according to this documentary. Hmm. Okay, so here's here's what got me onto this topic. You know, I'm, I I think Tiger Woods is up there with the most influential athletes of all time. He's created a generation of golfers. Mm-hmm. Black, white, Asian, global icon. Like I just said, time. he made golf cool. He made golf cool. But he didn't make black kids play golf, hmm. essentially. Now, yeah. at least not from turn them into pro golfers. Sure. Here's the stat. This is this stunned me when it was written on the screen. In 1976, there were 11 African American golfers on the tour. In 1997, when he won at Augusta, there was one, Tiger Woods. In 2020, there are four. After a generation of Tiger success, there are four African American golfers on tour. Wow. That's it. That was stunning to me. He's created a whole generation of golfers from Rory McIlroy to Justin Thomas to you name it. Yeah. And so what I come away with, I'm asking myself, well, why is that? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he inspired the black community. Yeah. He inspired the Asian community, inspired golf all over the country, he inspired the white community. But. Does that mean golf is always going to be essentially a white sport? Yeah. Like I if Tiger Woods couldn't change the numbers more dramatically than that, mm-hmm. will the numbers ever so, change and why is it? So so let's be honest. When we're talking about black communities or we're talking about inner cities, like at least from my perspective, I feel like the black community did embrace Tiger Woods. I thought people, you know, like, like I said, he, he changed the game of golf and he made golf cool. But with that being said, it's not a cheap sport. All right. Like to get good, it's not cheap. Like, why do you think there's so many great black NBA athletes out there? Because all you essentially need is a hoop and then the basketball and a work ethic. And, and you can make something of yourself. 
Golf is a little different. You need clubs. You need lessons. You need tee times. You need memberships. All that type of stuff adds up. It's the same kind of thing with hockey. Like, hockey's a very expensive sport as well. No, no, no. You can say, like, you know, depending like, on the regions, you know, that's what, like, why people don't play hockey. But I just think it's because it's the cost. It's, it's so expensive. Yeah, the socioeconomics come into play. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure, because like, we talked about this before a little bit with Ken Griffey Jr. We talked about him in baseball. When, when, I walked that, when I watched the documentary, like, Ken Griffey Jr. for a while, like, he was the guy in the black community in terms of baseball. Like, I think Ken Griffey Jr. made baseball cool. Now, I'm not sure what the direct correlation between black kids growing up playing baseball was from Ken Griffey Jr., but I think there was definitely, like, a bump. With Tiger Woods, though, and just the sport of golf, like, while you might have cheered him on, and while, like, you may have like been like, this guy's awesome, at the same time, it's like, well, I'll never be that because I don't have the means to be that. Yeah, and I, listen, I don't have more numbers. I saw this last night. It was actually a documentary done Sunday, but I watched it last night. And so when I saw that number, I was like, my goodness, that doesn't seem to make sense to me because I do think he's the most, one of the most impactful athletes that have ever lived. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can talk about different social issues that guys, like Ka- Kaepernick's now an impactful athlete. Mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali from a sport and social. LeBron James, sport and social. Michael Jordan, sport. Yeah. Right? But Tiger Woods is Michael Jordan of golf. Well, there's a lot of black athletes in basketball because of Michael Jordan. Sure. There are not a lot of black golfers, at least at the highest of levels, because of Tiger Woods. Yeah. And to me, that that's a weird thing to say. Like, I... Once I saw the numbers, it hit me because, listen, we do a lot with the first tee as well over the years and cover the first tee. And the first tee is meant to um, birth from uh, the inner cities and the less privileged, if you will, Mm -hmm. to bring more people to the sport, white, black, Asian, any. But socioeconomic wise, bring more people to the sport of golf. And so we figure the first tee, I think, eventually will still flip into some pro players because of that. There are more uh Minorities involved in golf because of the first tee, I think, and and other programs, by the way. It's not the only program. I just was astonished that we haven't – maybe we just haven't seen it yet, but maybe we might never so, see it. If Tiger Woods can't get you know, the black athlete to play golf at the highest of levels, and I think there's a lot of different reasons why. It's much like baseball, we say. From a culture standpoint, the cool sports, white, black, any sport. Yeah. Is, is basketball and football. Like, baseball's not the coolest sport to play. Mm. But I think you go try football first and basketball next, and then if you can't, well, yeah. you're, like if you're Ty and you're 100 pounds, you're not going to survive at basketball. He loves playing basketball. He plays basketball like every day. Mm-hmm. He loves going down the neighborhood and playing football, but he's 100 pounds. He's not playing <laughs> high school football. Yeah. He can play baseball and yeah. play second base, and that's an okay place for a 100 all shapes pound and guy. Sizes. Yeah. Right? So. It opens the door for that. Now, golf does the same. Ty can go play golf, mm-hmm. right, because of that. So I don't know if that's a separator from a culture standpoint and your top athlete standpoint are yeah. going to go play basketball and football because they're cooler let, sports. I, I don't know. Let me ask you this, and you know a lot better than I do. The sport of golf, to become a professional and to become like a Tiger Woods level, I would at least think that that takes a lot of specialization. Like, if you want to be the next Tiger Woods, then you can't go play basketball in high school. Then you can't go play football. 
Like you have to focus all on golf. Yeah, that's like I mean, we saw with Tiger yeah, Woods, yeah. right? Like I mean, he started when he was what, it's like tennis, four or five years old, exactly. Gymnastics. So I think the specialization, sports. and this isn't just a black community; it's anybody. But I think that can turn a lot of people off as well. Where yeah, it's fair. like I got to do this sport the rest of my life. And this is the only sport I can do to be like the the best at it. That can turn a lot of kids off. Yeah, it's. It just hit. I was like, "Wow, that doesn't seem." What do you What do you think that the Williams sisters have done for tennis? You think they have had definitely a bump? Because I'd be curious to see the numbers of that one. Yeah, it's a good call. It, it's It's a good call. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would. I would say probably there's been a a bump for sure. Of young black girls. Yeah. Maybe even the, black kids in general that uh, would yeah. like to go play tennis. But I think um, there is some of the specialization of it, right? Because it I mean, be. you, you can play football and basketball. You can make it one of those sports. But like, if you play tennis or golf, I feel like you got to stay committed to those sports and focus on just those sports or else you're not going to make it as a professional. It's an interesting thing because I say it from a popularity standpoint. Like most, I didn't learn to play golf. I learned to play golf because I watched it on TV. I mm-hmm. actually went and played a lot of tennis because I watched Andre Agassi play on TV and I picked up a tennis racket yeah. and loved playing tennis. Yeah. But I did those things because I watched it on TV, not because my dad took me to play. Yeah. But I do think golf is one of those sports where because of the country clubs, because of the whatever, yeah. dad takes you to play there or whatever and you go play golf with your son. I mean, heck, that's how Tiger Woods got in. Yeah. Right? He got into the game because of that. So... I don't know if would, that correlates to... I would love to see the analytics of dual sport athletes playing tennis and playing golf. And like, yeah, probably not professional. Happen. I would like to see it. There's a lot of sports like that, though. Swimming and, and True. gymnastics. Yeah. And I just, again, I watched this and I was like, wow, that is amazing that those are the numbers. Yeah. Uh, that only four African-American Such golfers on PGA Tour, even though golf is maybe as big as it's ever been. Yeah. And this guy, Tiger Woods, a black athlete, changed the landscape of golf for a whole generation Mm -hmm. but inspired the black man kid woman but maybe didn't turn them onto the game of golf as much as we think yeah which is interesting yeah uh in the long run all right we'll be back on action sports checks on espn 690 brent martineau it's it's there's three islands and it can be very nice and lucrative by the way you could be a huge winner but you could be a huge loser too you might not have a boat to get home Austin Lane. Well, I like that now. I love that analogy. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The other part that comes into play is sometimes, you know, just the game management part of it, where, you know, all of a sudden you you don't have enough, you know, if you're down, you don't have enough possession, you know, and then, you, you know, you've got to, you got to figure out a way to, you know, keep possessing the football, you know, which is the fourth down plays or, you know, trying to steal a possession here or there. So I, I think, you know that that's 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 my thought of of how I you know go into it because you know I try to make sure that I I keep the game you know in the players' hands. That is Doug Marone, Jaguars coach. That is something you know if you go all the way back to like when the Jags were really bad in thirteen and fourteen as well. I remember Gus Bradley talking about that a lot too. It's like when you know you're you're worse than the other team, you do something to try to steal a possession. Correct. Like you've got to do – is that pretty common? Yes. Like you, you guys would talk about that stuff? Yeah, you, you try to find that spark, that competitive edge. Yeah. Yeah. 
or just, I mean, you have to get a leg up in some way, shape, or form. So if it's an onside kick, Mm -hmm. if you're not creating turnovers at the time, if it's a fake punt, a fake field goal, those are things that you normally, they go outside the normal sequence of a game. Sure. That you can say, okay, we've evened the field now because they're this much better than us, but now bam, we're on an even level because we stole one. Yeah, it's the whole philosophy of where momentum and game flow can overcome sometimes talent, um, you know, and, and being the worst team on the field. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I, I think it makes I think you also got to be really careful to admit that you are that much worse than another team. Don't want to send that locker room to your guys. Yeah. 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 But, you know, the tape doesn't lie. Tape does, <laughs> so, does not lie, bro. Um, Hey, Dan Mull, I had a question this week on uh, an email, mm-hmm. and this is from Bruce. said, I believe the Jags should go all in for Dan Mullen as the next head coach, just like Carolina did with Matt Rule last year. Give him eight years and align him with a great GM from the beginning. You seem like you hate the idea already. I mean, I don't – listen, I don't hate the idea. Bottom line, is it's going to be like eight but, openings potentially. So even yeah. if it's not Jacksonville, does Dan Mullen make sense in the NFL? So here's the thing. Why would you okay? So when you say Dan Mullen, because I mean I can say Matt Rule, and I think Matt Rule is more of a culture changer. Yeah, right. Like he's going to turn the whole thing around. When I say Dan Mullen, what comes to your head in terms of a head coach in the NFL? Like what does he bring on the table? I can flat out coach offense. Yeah, and even the, especially the quarterback position. Yeah, right. Okay. So he's going to get the most out of your quarterback offense. I feel good about him calling plays. Yes. So I'm, I'm not mad at that. I mean, that's that's where the game is going. Like he's an A plus play caller. No, for for sure, and, and that's exactly where the game is going. Um, you know, these quarterback friendly offenses, these quarterback friendly coaches. That's where the game is going. So if that's the case, now I I, I need to interview him and see the personality part. But I think what he brings to the table from an offensive minded guy and, and a quarterback friendly guy. I've heard worse ideas, let's just say. Well, it's interesting. Okay, so you get a guy like we were talking earlier, uh, Robert Sala. Yes. Who feels like a culture-building guy who's hard-nosed, going to establish an identity and a mm-hmm. standard and, and help change something around well, potentially. And he also has the ability to adapt, which I like a lot, well, because he's, he's yeah. changed up his defense a couple times. Yeah, he's a good so coach. I it's not taking it. anything away from X's and O's. But yeah. I would look at a defensive-minded coach coming in and be like, okay, we're going to have a standard. We're going to play by that standard. Mm-hmm. Well, do you go culture builder like one of those guys, or do you say, I got myself an A-plus coach? Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. I'll let the GM figure out the culture part. Or, And by the way, it's 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 misleading to say Dan Mullen isn't a culture builder. He has changed it around in Gainesville. They have won a ton of games. His record, I think I saw through the first 41 games, is better. Maybe it was like 34 games. I think it was 34 games. Mm-hmm. Is better than he and Urban Meyer were mm-hmm. in their first 34 games. They were not winning in Gainesville. They are winning in Gainesville. Now, whether they can win big in Gainesville, that's the next step of this. But I think overshadowed in terms of how much he's done for the culture there in Gainesville is the fact that he's such a good play caller. No, for sure. I'm going to say this. Through even the past decade, there's been a lot of great coaches. There's been great coaches that have won a lot, and there's been bad coaches, obviously, that have lost a lot. Right? But with those great great coaches, whether they're great offensive play callers, whether they're defensive-minded guys, to me, like, you can always get your foot in the door and be successful off the get-go. For instance, I would say Sean McVay. Sean McVay, kind of since day one, he was there was something different about him, right? And then his second year, he was a Super Bowl. So, like, that was the hot commodity. 
with Sean McVay. Now, we'll see what Sean McVay brings for the next five to ten years. Right? Uh, I'm not sold on Sean McVay yet. But my point is that if you want longevity in this league, if you want to build something special, yes, you have to call the right place. Yes, you have to have the right scheme. But even more important of, of that is the culture. Because I can point to Mike McCarthy and said there was a time where Mike McCarthy is one of the best coaches in the NFL in Green Bay. Right? He won a Super Bowl because of it. But then, for whatever reason, he couldn't sustain that. And that's the most important part about coaching. It's being consistent. It's sustaining it. And you, like, like I said, you're going to have the ebbs and flows. Players are going to come. Players are going to go. Things are going to happen. Players are going to go. But as long as you have the culture to, to facilitate that locker room, that's where you have success, and that's where you have longevity. So when we talk about these offensive-minded guys like a Dan Mullen, um, Lincoln Riley even, or anybody else, or even like a B enemy, that's great. We're talking about these offensive-minded guys and these quarterback-friendly guys. That's where the game is going. But that's not always going to be there. There's going to be possibly rough seasons. And when you have those rough seasons, do you have the culture to fall back on and say, we're going to be okay. We're going to ride these rough waters, and we'll come out the other side looking fine. Because a lot of coaches can't do that. Yeah, it, it, we'll see. I mean, the one thing I will say, that what here's what's weird when you talk about Mullen, in my opinion, is his personality. Maybe it's because of the Spurrier influence, you know, in Gainesville and just kind of that aura of Spurrier. Mm-hmm. Spurrier and, and Mullen is kind of of that ilk a little bit, can yeah. be quirky, can be kind of a fast tempo talker, all this stuff and really say absolutely nothing and <laughs> and still like the zing. Well, let's be honest. The, the and, guy dressed up like Darth Vader for a press conference. Yeah, maybe that's it. S- and, say no and, more. And still, well, so say no more. Is it a hard time to see that fitting in the NFL? Like, does he have a personality that's hard to see mm-hmm. fit at this level? It works in college, but it might not work in the NFL. You're not dressing up as Darth Vader, I don't think, Yeah. here in Jacksonville if you're the head coach of the Jaguars. See, no, I definitely agree with that because you're dealing with a bunch of grown men. Like, you, you're not dealing with college student-athletes who could come along with you no matter what you do. Like, I'm sure when he dressed up like Darth Vader or whatever like that, I'm sure the the whole locker room uh, synopsis was like, well, that was crazy. Like, that's funny. That's our coach right there. But, like, the guys in the league don't care, right? Like, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I get the same vibes from Dabo. Like, when it, it, I, fair question. When, fair. I, when, fair. when I see some of the things, like, some of the mannerisms that Dabo brings to the table, some of the things that he says in interviews, I watch that and I'm like, I get it from the college perspective. Yeah, yeah. Because you're shaping young men. So it's okay to sometimes act like that crazy uncle. Um, that's okay. Yeah. But when you get to the league, like that's all fluff. Yeah. That's, like guys don't buy they into see that. Through that. Yeah. Exactly. So it, yeah. I, I mean, but, I, and I think that's why people have a hard like that's. If I'm being honest, that's why I have a hard time seeing Mullen at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. I think it works in college. I don't know if it works. I, I think he's got a little golly gee, oh, you know, shucks. Yeah. And and Spurrier didn't work. Sure. You know, and by the way, Spurrier was great, and, and Mullen right now but, is great. It's, it's not a knock. I, I'm trying not to knock them. I'm just saying I don't know if it translates. But see, here's the thing, though, Brent. Like, I sit here and say, well, Nick Saban should have had the most success out of anybody because Nick Saban is like yeah. the Bill Belichick well, of college football. Well, he might be went back now. He might be a Maybe. way better coach right now. But then I see Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll was quirky. Yeah, but right? he wasn't 
But he, he was okay. He's still probably kicking in the ass. Sure, sure. You know, I, I mean, you. and not to say Mullen doesn't. It just doesn't come across that way. Mm-hmm. I think Pete Carroll feels a little more. I know he like he, he likes he to have fun, up man. And down yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But listen, Kirby Smart jumps pretty high on the sideline too. Yeah. But he doesn't have a lot of that. Yeah. He doesn't smile much. True. True. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, it's just a different feel, and, and it might be a wrong feel. It might be an error on on my part to say that. I'm just telling you that's that's why I have a hard time associating Mullen to the NFL level is because of that. Let me ask you this though: with the Jacksonville Jaguars being the youngest roster in the NFL, do you going forward the new head coach to come in? Do you want that quirky guy that can relate to the younger players? Maybe that treats them like college players. Well, listen, it works. What you're gonna you're saying like the Brad Stevens effect, but Brad yeah. Stevens isn't a quirky guy. Like he doesn't feel like a college guy. Sure. His college maybe mentality translated because they were so young with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what you're saying. No, and that's yeah. why I think Dabo could work. Dabo actually feels like it could work even more than Mullen. And you know why? Because I've seen Dabo built a championship culture there. You yeah. don't you're, you're not just golly oh gee whiz all the time if you're winning championships, man. I mean, he, he stuck a foot up someone's. You know what? Uh, uh, more than one time there at Clemson. And I know he comes off as that a little bit sometimes, but that guy knows how to build a culture. Well, he's also a great recruiter, and that goes to show you that he can relate to the players. True. So, so yeah, it's it's a hard fit. Yeah. It's a hard fit. I I don't know if Dabo will work in the NFL, um, but I would trust that probably more than Mullen, if I'm being honest. Would you rather see the team go in a direction where it's like a more fun-loving guy? Like I mean, I, I, and I say Pete Carroll lightly, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> would you rather see like a player's coach? Or would you rather see like more of like the old school Ron Rivera type for for this roster? I right now? I feel like I feel like I'd see the Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, Sean McVay's of the new way, yeah. uh, Kingsbury's of the new way, rather than the old guard of Belichick, Coughlin, yeah. Rivera. And I'm not telling. Hey, my work. I just I think I'd. I'm just saying with, with this From a young relationship team. to the players and, yeah. and everything else, the way it is, it's just different now. Yeah. I think I'd probably lean there. All right. So we, we talked about this briefly the other day. I had a nice compliment, by the way. Somebody listened to the show and said they liked the segment or, or the thought of that you can't really swing and miss on quarterbacks anymore. And will it water down the position much to the point of like running backs have been watered down because you can find them in the fourth round, the sixth round? And, and I thought it was a good question. Not bad. I don't want you to. I don't think we're there yet in the quarterbacks, okay? My point is I I think the floor of the quarterback has been raised. I think what we just talked about, when we said Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold might still be halfway decent. And then Josh Rosen. And Josh Rosen. Now, Josh Rosen, I think you throw out here, right? Because we just don't know. But Darnold, like, I think he's going to get another crack at it because you have no idea if he's any good or not based on what's gone on in, in New York. Yeah. And so I think the floor of Sam Darnold is no longer the Ryan Leaf floor. I think that's what we've seen, like the the Jamarcus Russell floor, like this absolute bust of the quarterback. I don't know if it exists anymore. And you're always going to have a couple, right, guys that just don't work out for whatever reason or don't get another crack at it, whatever reason. But I think guys now have so much knowledge on how to play that position. They've been doing it from such a young age, 12, 13 years old, seven on seven, slinging the ball around. They've got specialty coaches, how to throw the quarterback, uh, th- throw the football the right way from Tom House to uh, name it, uh, Jordan Palmer or yeah. whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's just this knowledge about the position. And I think the bigger factor is 
We no longer are asking quarterbacks to come out of college and say adapt to the NFL. We will now adapt to you, which has been a smarter move, and that's why we're seeing a flood of success, I think, with young quarterbacks. Look at all these quarterbacks around the league, and teams believe in them. Mm -hmm. Look at Justin Herbert, who we were kind of wishy-washy on. He's been excellent. Uh, Tua, who knows, we'll see. But even Baker Mayfield, uh, who, again, is having the best season for Cleveland in, in a long time. Daniel Jones has shown some signs. Are we convinced that all these guys are going to be Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady? No. Yeah. But I'm also not convinced any of them are going to be Ryan Lee for Jamarcus Russell. That was the point. I think it's hard to swing and miss. If they go with Lawrence, if they go with Justin Fields, if they go with Zach Wilson, I think they're going to get some pretty good quarterback play even if they miss. You're not wrong. But you got to want to find the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, oh, Russell a, Wilson. With, without a doubt. Listen, you're, you're not wrong in how you're breaking this whole thing down. Because I think if we look of the eras of, like, the Steve Youngs and the Brett Favres and the Dan Marinos and things like that. Like, listen, they're great quarterbacks in their own right. But in that era, there was also some quarterbacks who weren't that good. But the difference between the, the current era right now and that era is that the quarterback position has changed so much in terms of athleticism. Right? Like, these quarterbacks now in the NFL, like, Brent, they could have probably all run four, at least four sevens, four six, you know, four eights. Yeah. That was unheard of True. 10 to 20 years ago. Yep. There's a couple of guys, but for the most part, that was unheard of. So in terms of athleticism, yes, it's different. In terms of, obviously, offensive philosophies, it's different. It's a lot more spread out. It's a lot more quarterback friendly. Obviously, the rules now of pass interference, targeting, like that helps the offense out as well, a la helps the quarterback out. So I agree with you when we say – yeah, it's hard to possibly miss on a quarterback. You're not going to ever have like that true, true bust per se. But at the same time, to me, that's where mentality comes into it even more, right? Because that's what separates, to me, the 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 Peyton Mannings and the and whoever you want to say, and maybe the Justin Herberts and, and maybe uh, the, the Trevor Lawrence coming out. But it's like it's the mentality part of it. Like everyone's going to be able to run a pretty good 40 yard dash. Everyone's going to be pretty mobile. Even like Jake Luton was a little mobile. But I'm saying what separates them is the decision-making and obviously the character building. Hey, LeBron James, uh, two-year, like $85 million deal. Is that what it is? Yeah. They win again. Right, we'll talk a little more NBA later in the week because camp's opening up and stuff. But yep. I kind of have a feeling they might win again. It's hard to pick against them. Or the Clippers finally say, you know, does it this see, the year just, with the Clippers? Or? It's just, I mean, even the Nets, though, too. Like, the people come to Rams. going to be really good on paper, but I, I will not pick the Nets. No, I hear you. No way. I just, I mean, even like the Mavericks looking good. Like, I, there's just, there's so much talent right now in the NBA. That's good. You used to be able to name the final no, three teams. No, absolutely. That, that it's hard to really pick a winner, I feel like. I think Lakers are the only one you can name. Everyone else is kind of a wild card. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of wild card. Um, all right. Hey, uh, Live Local Loud coming up next. Here on ESPN 690, then at 730, they'll hand you off to the Florida State UNF Ospreys game right here on ESPN 690. I'll have highlights of that one coming up later tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30. 12 to 7, Steelers beating the Ravens. Have a good night, everybody, and enjoy the tree lighting, too. <laughs>